0: Forty-four dollars. dollars Thirty. See, that's thirty-eight, forty. You don't have enough money? I don't have any checks, oh, I guess I'll have to put some things back. Can I have the register key? She doesn't have enough money. It's not such a big thing. I,
1: I brought the wrong purse. Here, take this. Forty-three,
0: seventy-five. Forty-one, thirty-five.
1: Mom, you promised I could have something. I'm not going to give her real food, all right? Why don't you give her this? No way.
0: Forty thirty-five. Mom. All right. Here. Forty fifty-five. Forty seventy-five. Hey, we're going in the wrong direction. Why do you have to be so damn nasty? I mean, it's not going to help anything. We're both people, you know. Forty seventy-five. I don't need it. Uh, Mrs. Horton, I- I'm Sam Burns from the bank. I turned you down on the second on your house. Oh, of course. I remember who you are. Uh, look, uh, can I help you make up the difference here?
1: Thanks. I'd appreciate it. I'll pay you back tomorrow.
0: You're a very rude young woman. I know Douglas from the Rotary, and I can't believe he'd want you treating customers so badly. I don't think I was treating her badly. Then you must be from New York.
1: This is Ed Hoffman, and welcome to the main event. Yeah, I opened up with that little uh, clip from a movie some of you remember called *Terms of Endearment*. You know uh, that New York, uh, that New York attitude thing has really uh, been a uh, kind of a uh, stepped-in-it moment for uh, Ted Cruz a while back on the on the campaign or on the debate stage. And now New York's giving it back to them. You know, it's kind of like uh, it's kind of like us white people are not allowed to say certain words to black people, but black people can say anything they want to them or about themselves. But they're offended when we say it. So uh, I assume there's something like that in every nationality, except for we're not allowed to say anything, and they, can, of course, they can call call us crackers all they want, and we don't get we don't get upset because we got jobs, man. We got stuff to do we don't have time to get we don't have time to get into all that muck and stuff and all that Ugh. so it's been a slow uh, it's been kind of kind of a slow week slow week in the uh in the uh, no no hardly any presidential debates had a couple of uh, town halls and we got a uh, couple of uh, a couple of uh, stepped in at moments for a few uh, for a few uh, of our candidates but for the most part next week is going to start up the the stuff again as we head toward, of course, we did have the Wisconsin uh, the Wisconsin uh, primary, and apparently uh, nobody had a problem with uh, Cruz's um, attitude about Wisconsin, and uh, Trump basically stepped in it with a few comments he made uh, unprepared with uh, Chris uh, Matthews, Mr. I uh, have a shiver running up and down my leg from Obama and uh, but we're going to talk about what's going on and for and actually actually I'm going to talk about a little real estate stuff and I'm going to talk about it from a standpoint of what does this mean in society today what does this mean Who's whose side are you on on this stuff but first before I get into that let me introduce myself my name is Ed Hoffman president of wholesale capital corporation your local direct mortgage lender Located in the city of Moreno Valley, also offices in Temecula, Corona, Orange, Downey, Westlake Village, and Covina in another couple weeks. If you're interested in getting involved in any of the fantastic opportunities that are real estate, and there are fantastic opportunities still out there if you're looking, and there are uh, fantastic opportunities in interest rates, so if you uh, have your real estate and you just need a lower interest rate, or if you want to get rid of your mortgage insurance, or if you want to pull cash out, or if you want to buy another house, or buy a vacation home, or get one of your kids out uh, out of your house, uh, you know what? Uh, call me toll-free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. One more time, day or night, toll-free. Area code eight five five six four zero twenty twenty. If you want to get in touch with me, but you don't want to actually talk on the phone because you don't want the people at work to hear what you're saying or you don't really want me to know what your voice sounds like in case we run into each other at the grocery store i don't go to the grocery store very much but maybe i don't know at the movies or home depot or you no know, outback steakhouse or some place where you might see me in public um then go to my website, edhoffman.net, click on apply now, put in as much information as you want me to have, and tell me how much information you need for me to give you. You'll hear back from either myself or one of my teammates, Justin Clark, Alex Rojas, Randy Sampius, or Matt Bradbury. And uh, we will dial you in to whatever uh, whatever your uh, real estate financing challenge is. If you're over 62 and you want to find out more about that real uh, that uh, reverse mortgage thing, Call me on that. where nobody's nobody's less expensive than we are on reverse mortgages, and uh, quite frankly, you know, when it comes to any of these products, it's good to talk to someone that has some common sense and a conscience, because there's there's a point at which it makes sense to take care of to to uh, to do certain products, and there's sometimes when maybe it doesn't. So, if you want to uh, get those get that information, EdHoffman.net. Click on apply now If you or uh, call me at 855-640-2020. If you uh, hear anything on the show, you want it repeated, you can get the replay of this show also on edhoffman.net. Just go to edhoffman.net, click on listen to the main event. You can hear this show as well as four. I think there's more than four shows on there. I think it's more like eight shows. Um, you can also get a handful of back shows and the current show on iTunes. Go to iTunes and search Ed Hoffman or search the main event. And you'll uh, you'll see what my face looked like. Um, I don't know, six or seven years ago, I guess, before I started going gray. And uh, and you'll also be able to subscribe for free and have my uh, my podcast download to you once a week. I'll download onto your phone or your computer or your uh, your iPad, your iWatch, your your uh, iPod, any of that stuff that uh, takes care of iTunes. Um, and you can. Uh, Subscribe for free. Listen in your car. Listen on your, any, anytime you want, anywhere you want. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Ed Hoffman, where I tweet about current events all week long. And uh, like the show on Facebook. Facebook search the Main Event Five Ninety and find the show page. You can also read my weekly columns in IE Business Daily and click on the Opinion tab to see my full list of columns. This week's column I write about why it's still smart to stand with Trump. So let's talk about let's talk about some real estate. Let's talk about some real estate because there's a there's a story that went on in uh, Huffington Post. The article in Huffington Post was dated three twenty seven sixteen, and it was uh, penned by a professor, professor uh, of politics, and the chair of the urban environmental policy department at Occidental College. His most recent and that's, his name is Peter Dreyer. His most recent book is 100 Greatest Americans of the 20th Century: A Social Justice Hall of Fame on Nation's Books. Okay. So uh so let me tell you the story. Um so he's so uh sp- Speaking I'll I'll read part of this and then I'll paraphrase. Okay, speaking at a real estate conference last September, and this is from Huffington Post on March twenty-seventh, so it's a couple weeks old. I tried to get some of the players in here to uh, to discuss this on the air, and uh, some of them were reluctant to come in. Um I'll tell you who who did and who would who would and who wouldn't after uh, after we talk about it. So speaking at a real estate conference last September in Florida, Greg Geiser CEO of Wedgwood Enterprises Incorporated, an investment company headquartered in Redondo Beach, claimed that his first his firm is the biggest fix and flip company in the country. He said the company purchases about two hundred fifty foreclosed or about to be foreclosed homes a month. Geyser told the audience that the distressed market is hot and sexy and new and trendy. Okay, so so this company is known to most people as Maxim Properties because they list all their. All their uh, all their uh, properties under Maxim Properties. That's their marketing arm. But the parent company is called Wedgwood. For many families, Wedgwood's business practices are the cause of much distress. One of them is the Kamal family in Rialto, California, a working class suburb near Los Angeles. Uh, we all know where Rialto is. Wedgwood is trying to evict Mercedes and Pablo Kamal from their modest from their modest house where they have lived for ten years and in which they have invested their life savings to purchase and improve. Faced with eviction notices, most Americans pack up their clothing, furniture, and other belongings and try to find another place to live, often doubling up with another family or to confront the harsh reality of homelessness. But the Kamals are fighting back. They and their supporters have launched an around-the-clock vigil in front of the home, awaiting San Bernardino County Sheriff deputies to try and evict them and pledging to stay in their home or face arrest. I'm not willing to walk away from a home I worked for all my life, explained Pablo Kamal, Sixty-three year old cook. I'm not wa- willing to walk away from a home I worked my whole life to buy. Okay, let me make clear: when you buy a house, that means you paid for it. When you go to uh, when you go to a car lot and you buy a car, that means you paid for it. When you go buy a hamburger at McDonald's, you pay for it. When you go buy a, a, a glass of lemonade in a lemonade stand, you pay for it. They give you a glass of lemonade, you give them their uh, fifty cents or whatever it cost used to be like 3 cents when i was a kid but now it's about probably 75 or a buck 50 so uh this guy apparently apparently didn't pay for it he uh he worked his whole life to buy but he didn't pay for it he uh bought the house in i had the may 26 2006 Purchased. It's a three-unit property. He bought it for four hundred fifty thousand. Based on public records, the purchase appears to be in one hundred percent financing through the first and second deed of trust, with no cash down payment. Started falling behind and had his first notice of default filed March of two thousand twelve. Okay, so he was there for six years before he started defaulting on things. So, uh, so in other words, he wasn't making his payment. I'll finish uh, the Huffington Post version of this. Okay, so a headlines claim that the country is now recovering from the housing crash brought on by Wall Street banks. Well, Wall Street banks, uh, as well as uh, um, ill-informed, misinformed, Ill, uh, ill-intentioned ill political people, along with uh, ill-intentioned uh, lovers of political people in Fannie Mae, um, and dumb politicians that made dumb moves because they thought getting everybody into house is just such a good thing. So, um, so this, this says it's brought on by wall street's banks, risky and reckless practices, but millions of American homeowners are still facing foreclosure and eviction through no fault of their own through no fault of their own. They're facing foreclosure. Well, actually you didn't make the payment. So that's kind of your fault. Um, and if you're still in your house now, you probably have equity in it. Unless you haven't been making your payments, or if you got a loan modification and it reduced your, uh, or and it put some money on the back. Wedgwood's business strategy is to prey on these families, buy the homes at deep discounts, and make quick profit selling them on the market. Let me tell you what. Let me tell you in my eyes what Maxim, Maxim, and uh, Wedgwood's strategy is. They've got 250 people working, earning a job. Might be, might be even higher, but I'm going to say about 250 people actually earning a paycheck that are looking at these houses, they're they're bidding on them, they're getting the houses after after they're foreclosed. You know They're being in foreclosure, foreclosure auctions, they're out there bidding on them, and then they go in and fix them up. So some of you go, that house down the street, it makes our whole neighborhood look bad. Well, guess what? When that house goes to foreclosure, companies like Wedgwood, and there's a whole bunch of them out there, Wedgwood just happens to be the biggest, are buying those, then they send in repair guys, fix them up, carpet, paint, appliances, uh fix roofs, fix fences, cl- uh, you know, replaster pools, get them all nice and pretty and then they put them back on the market and make a profit for it. That's called capitalism, folks. Not only are they keeping their own employees uh um uh employed and making money, but they're also they're also providing income for real estate agents. Work for real estate agents. Work for guys that make carpet and lay carpet, work for guys that put on roofs and repair roofs and make roofing roofing material. And then when somebody moves in, they buy new TVs and they buy new furniture. This is this is how capitalism works. Sorry, we all want to want to just feel sorry for the uh for the for the for the um Kamals because they have to move. I'm sorry you didn't pay your bill. Because Wedgwood is a privately held company and is not required to disclose its revenues. Uh, or the compensation of its executives, but Geyser obviously done quite well for himself in the fix and flip business. The 50-year-old, 58-year-old Geyser lives at at a uh, Morningside Drive in Manhattan Beach, home valued at 5.7 million, according to Zillow. David Worley, Wedgwood's 54-year-old vice president, lives on the Strand uh, in Manhattan Beach, uh, uh, valued at 14 million i'll tell you i financed dave's house on the on the strand i finance most most all the executives at this at this company these guys make giant dollars but they put together a machine like no other it employs a lot of people and a lot of people make a lot of money as a result and it's not just guys like me there's a whole bunch of kids young kids that go to work for them and climb up the ladder ladder at uh, Wedgwood wedgewood uh managing managing repairs on houses going down to the courthouse and bidding on things um working in escrows all different all different areas of the uh of the home buying repairing and flipping process are all being taken care of and this is capitalism folks who cares what they made it has nothing to do with the Kamals. The Kamals don't live in, such, uh, live in such splendor, but they achieve their own version of the American dream. They came to the United States from Mexico in 1970s and are American citizens. Mercedes, 58, and Pablo have both worked as, as cooks at local restaurants. They purchased their house at 1805 North Willow Avenue in Rialto. They have five children who are pursuing successful lives. Their 19-year-old blah, 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 blah. Oh, so what? They have families. I have a family. Do you care? Do you care what, what my kids are doing? Probably not. Uh, and, and I guarantee you that Dave Worley has family and Greg Geyser has families and all the rest of their people. They all have families and their kids are doing whatever. But you know what? Pablo and Mercedes didn't pay their house payment. Their neighbors who came out and protested with them to try and get the sheriff's department to not lock them out. They pay their house payments. That's why they're not in the same situation. Oh, you can't kick out Mercedes and Pablo. They worked hard for this house. They have to stay here. They raised their family here. Sorry, but you didn't pay for it. I don't know why people are getting upset about Wedgwood. Wedgwood had nothing to do with it. So anyway, let's go on to let's go on to uh, the other side of the story. Um, oh, let me let me let me jump down here. Uh, Wedgwood reneged, oh, here it says, after Wells Fargo put up the home for sale at auction, Wedgwood, which purchases and sells foreclosed properties, bought the uh, Kamals' house uh, last September for 284000 after the Kamals and their supporters held a protest uh, at Wedgwood's headquarters. Oh, they all they drove all the way down to Redondo Beach, and they did a protest. Why don't you save the gas money and put it towards the house payment? Company reluctantly agreed to hold off on eviction long enough for the family to secure financing for the loan to, purchase, to repurchase the home. But Wedgwood Wedgwood reneged on its promise and demanded the Kamals pay 375,000 for the home they are still living in. The Kamal the Kamal, How did they renege on their promise and demanded 375? They paid 284 and they asked 375. I don't think that's unreasonable. They're buying they're still buying the house for 375, which is $75,000 less than uh, they paid for it not to mention all the all the money they supposedly put into it. So, and all the stuff all the repairs they put into it should still be there because they never left. So, they have to worry about it being trashed. Seems like seems seems like a reasonable thing. Um uh so th- they reneged on the home and made, and demanded the Kamal Kamal's pay 375. They shouldn't have to do it for free. They could just boot them out. Um Kamal, but say they're willing to say they're willing to pay that price and have qualified for the mortgage to make their payments. But Wedgwood has refused their offer. I know that for a fact is bull. Refused their offer. That is absolute BS. On Thursday, with the help of the Alliance of Californians for Community Empowerment, ACE, the Alliance of Californians for Community Empowerment. That sounds like a bunch of unemployed people. Uh, trying to uh, community-organize against uh, uh, capitalism. The Kamals, along with the family, friends, neighbors, and ACE members, pitched tents outside the house and launched an around-the-clock vigil to demand that the eviction be stopped. They say they won't leave and are willing to risk arrest. What a crock of malarkey. Okay, I'm going to set down that set down that uh, thing. I talked to Dave Worley. Dave Worley asked him if he'd come on the show. He said yes, he'd come on. He wanted to debate... Peter Dreyer we contacted Peter Dreyer the professor of at Occidental College who uh who wrote this article he wanted to debate him but Peter Dreyer apparently was just not available and uh he recommended we call this other guy and uh because he's more of a subject matter expert and we called this other guy and he wanted to think about it for a week in other words he wants to hear how I talk about him on the radio first so we'll see if we get him for next week so uh Um, But David Worley said, guys, just so you know, here's the other side of the story. High-level overview. The Kamal family had lived in the house for four years without paying. Without paying, you don't get to stay if you don't pay. You know why people like investing in uh, Texas? Because the eviction laws are really fast. You don't pay, you don't stay. Okay. At at some point in this country, and isn't this the, the message that Donald Trump's putting out there? At some point in this country, we have to put our foot down and say, if you don't pay you don't get to have. If you don't pay for your car, you don't get to drive your car. If you don't get to pay, pay for your house, you don't get to stay in your house. If you don't pay pay your taxes, you don't get public uh, services. So they lived in their house. Uh, they had purchased the home with zero down and were $140,000 in arrears. So $140,000 in arrears. That means one hundred forty dollars $35,000 a year. So their payment was probably $2,800 a month. And they didn't make any payments for four years. Do you think they had any money saved up for their down payment? Apparently not. We purchased the property at public auction and tried to offer the family relocation assistance. They refused. They were represented by counsel throughout the un- unlawful detainer process, but you will find the facts of the situation. So they tried to offer them, hey, we'd like you to get out voluntarily. We'll give you four or five thousand bucks, whatever it was, to to get out, give us the keys, and leave the place in decent shape without tearing it up. They refused it. On uh, March 27th, 2016, Huffington Post, in its featured uh, section of, the, of uh, politics, uh, published a blog by Peter Dreyer. In the post, Peter Dreyer describes the eviction of the family from the former home on Willow Avenue, uh, blah, blah, blah. Wedgwood's involvement in the property began on September 23rd when its affiliate uh, purchased the property at public foreclosure au- option, auction. Uh, neither neither Wedgwood, its principals, nor any Wedgewood affiliated entity had any involvement with the mortgage on the property. The foreclosure process was prior to the foreclosure sale or any attempted loan modification on the property. Any communications on the subject were between the prior owner and her mortgage lender unknown to Wedgewood. Wedgewood's only information regarding the property prior to its purchase is that from documents recorded in official records in San Bernardino County which are publicly available. Public records show May 26th, they bought the house with 100% financing. March uh, March 19th, March 9th of 2012, notice of default. They were $46,000 behind. Uh, May 17th, a year later, um, $69,000 notice of default was recorded. Um, August 27th, 2014, a notice of trustee sale was recorded. And August 28th, a second notice of, of trustee sale, so they got it delayed. Or they did some, or maybe that was on the second. So the next, so they got to delay it a year somehow. So a notice a trustee sale was recorded, having made no payments on the property since 2012. Mercedes Kamal had missed in excess of 140 thousand mortgage payments. October 7, 2015, trustee's deed upon sale was recorded, indicating the property had sold as a public foreclosure auction on September 23, 2015. Okay, I got a minute left on this half. After purchasing the property, and because the prior owner was unresponsive to attempts offer. To offer relocation assistance or voluntary vacate the property, Wedgwood filed unlawful detainer cases on each of the three units. The court administered eviction processes. Uh, process assures the occupant of the right to a court hearing if the occupant believes that the owner has no right to evict. Noah Greenberg, G-R-Y-N-B-E-R-G of the L.A. Center for Community Law and Action, represented Mercedes Kamal throughout the entire process. November 9th, the demand for jury trial was filed by Noel Greenberg on behalf of of uh, of uh, Kamal and uh, uh on the unlawful detainer on the main unit of the property presented before San Bernardino County Court and jury jury awarded judgment in favor of Wedgwood in a 12 to 0 unanimous decision giving Wedgwood the legal right to possession of the main unit. December 2015 Kamal family indicated they wished to repurchase the home from Wedgwood. Although Wedgwood had legal rights to perform a lockout based on November jury decision, executives from Wedgwood spent uh, spent Several hours with the Kamal family trying to figure out a possible solution so they could repurchase the home. Ultimately, ultimately, it was agreed upon the parties to give the Kamal family until the third week of March to secure financing and, and submit a valid offer to repurchase or, or vacate the property if they were unable to get financing. January 21st, unlawful detainer hearings uh, for the first, the other two additional units. Uh, no time. Wedgewood's ownership of the property has company ever received a valid written offer to purchase the property, and uh, and therefore the Kamals want your want your uh, want your sympathy. And everybody, don't lock them out. These guys are terrible. Hey, I'm all out of time for part one of the main event. I'm going to come back in five minutes have uh, traffic, weather, and commercials, and we'll wrap this up. Don't go away. Hey. Welcome back to part 2 of the main event. My name is Ed Hoffman, president of Wholesale Capital Corporation, your local direct mortgage lender. If you need financing, you want to talk to someone who will talk tell you the truth, who will give you the right the right uh, options for yourself and you, and uh, guide you towards what's best for you. Call me toll-free at 855-640-2020. 855-640-2020 buying refinancing reverse mortgages any of that stuff there uh, some of them are tricky and uh, the whole process is a little tricky now I'll help you uh, help you get over that bridge without any uh, without being on uh, feeling like you're walking on eggshells or thin ice with hot skates we'll help you get through we'll hold your hand all the way through and uh, you'll feel comfortable with the process 855-640-2020 so before the break I had told you the story of uh, the story in the Huffington Post about uh, the Kamal family in Rialto how they got evicted by the big bad the big bad capitalist uh, Wedgwood uh, Enterprises who uh, who basically the whole neighborhood on uh, Willow in Rialto is going to be really happy because they're going to fix this place up nice, and some investors going to get a three-unit, a three-unit property uh, for a good price, and they're going to be able to rent these out to nice people that actually pay their bills. And maybe the Kamals were uh, were collecting rents from the other two people. Where did that money go? I don't know. Because let's see, let's say they're paying a thousand dollars each. So the Kamals are working as cooks. They've got a twenty-eight hundred dollars house payment. And they are collecting a thousand each for the other two other two uh, renters, so there's two thousand. All they'd have to do is pay eight hundred dollars a month, of their own money, and they could stay there forever. Hmm. But they didn't, and for four years they paid nada. But they still collected rent from the other two uh, units. Then none of this may be true. There might be more to the story but i don't care you don't pay you don't stay okay and quite frankly uh wedgewood enterprises and its uh its affiliates maxim properties um their escrow companies uh has provided a whole bunch of opportunities for a whole bunch of people here in southern california and actually in some other states as well um and let's stop making the let's stop making the capitalist people that provide jobs and actually keep money moving in this country. Let's stop making them the bad guys. We're going to try and see if we can get uh um Peter Dreyer or his buddy Peter Coons, okay? So maybe we can get them to come on and I can probably get a Dave Orley on here too. I'd like to I'd like to hear them go toe to toe on this stuff and you know, just listen to both sides of the to- the story, folks. Let's teach our kids the way it is because our kids are are way off course way off course young people today are way off course i saw i saw an email i saw an email uh, this week i forwarded it out to everybody and it said millennial democrat socialist at a bernie sanders rally when they were asked what do you think of the phrase ask not what you can do for your country what ask not what your country can do for you rather ask what you can do for your country here's some here's some of their uh here's some of their responses that's that's some right-wing Republican BS right there. Some other guy said, "You know who said that? Hitler said that. He hated socialism." Some girl with pink hair says, "No way, that is so un-American and goes against everything we stand for." And then some other dude that looks kind of uh I don't know what he looks like. He looks kind of kind of a third right. Who said that stupidity? Donald Trump and then another girl in, in in bright pink hair. What is the thing with pink hair? Wow, really? Who even thinks like that anymore? Man, is apparently nobody thinks like that anymore. You know why? Because you guys didn't teach your kids. Because I guarantee you, I taught my kids. My kids know. You want it, you pay for it. Are you doing your part? Somebody's not raising their kids well. You know, teach your children well. You know what? Uh, some of you guys haven't done your job. Not too late. Get it done before June 7th and again before November 8th when we vote. So uh, this week, Trump lost the Wisconsin primary to Ted Cruz. I told you I'd talk a little bit about it. But with the New York primary right around the corner next week, it's time for the media to start talking about black votes and white votes. On Tuesday, Bill O'Reilly said some things about Trump's support is being driven by white grievance. Here's the part that's causing the most controversy.
2: The issue of white grievance not going away. And Trump will maintain a very loyal level of support. Many of his supporters, as I said, are furious. And if Mr. Trump does not get the nomination, the stay home factor in next November's vote is likely to be substantial.
1: I would agree. I would agree with that. I'd say uh, if if the top getter of votes doesn't be our doesn't become our no, our nominee I don't care if it's legal or not you know what the establishment is going to try and steal our nominee from the voters and uh you know Trump wasn't my first choice or second choice or third choice um i don't really ha- I have no problem with trump and right now i'm I'm endorsing Donald Trump because I think people underestimate undervalue the ability to get things done and uh and being in being in business is is where you get things done. If you do, you know, I, I've been at, I've been at uh real estate seminars and sat with people and I've told the story. Um, people have been to, I talked to a guy that said he'd been to 40 different seminars and he hadn't bought a property yet. And I'd been to about three of them. Uh, i had been to, you know, I read a few books, bought some houses, tried some stuff, made some mistakes, did some, uh, made some, some good, good moves. And I know I went to, I was going to that seminar to, to get a, you know, a shot in the arm to to hey, it's time to start buying again. The market took a dump. I did really well on the on the previous run. I sold the right at the right time. Bought me a commercial property, traded into it, and uh, and now it's time to buy some some bargain basement prices. And I just wanted a shot in the arm. So Don and I went to New York and we listened to all these guys. And uh, um, Tony Robbins said on Saturday night of that seminar, said, "Hey, ninety nine percent of you will do absolutely nothing with anything you've learned this weekend." And that's a fact. That is a fact. And you know what? Oh, boo-hoo, I took Trump University and I didn't get rich. Guess what? Learning learning how is only part of it. A, P, a students teach. B students end up working for C students. You know what? All the knowledge you got to put some 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 uh, you got to put some uh, some effort behind that. You got to put it into motion. You know, you can have all the knowledge in the world if you don't do something with it. And I think Trump shows he's got, he knows how to get things done. Cruz, who I will support if he ends up with the nomination, is a lawyer. I don't know what he has a track record for doing. I don't deny he's smart. But we want something done. And that's where the white grievance is. We're tired of of having to tiptoe around Muslims. We're tired of having to tiptoe around black people. We're tired of having to tiptoe around. Don't offend anybody. Hey, you know what? Everybody has the same opportunities that everybody else has. Oh, what world do you live in? You must be in fantasy land. Guess what? I'm a white guy. I'm doing really well. And guess what? My parents didn't have nothing. No Jack Diddley to, to help me out. They didn't pay for my college. I didn't finish college. Paid for the four years of college I went to. I paid for myself. I told my kids when they left the house, if you can afford an apartment, you can afford school. So go ahead and go to school and get student loans. And if you graduate, I'll pay it off. I'll pay your student loans off. But if you don't graduate because you have to work full time to pay for your apartment, then, then forget. It's all on you. Okay, Teaching my kids responsibility. Get up in the morning and wash your own face, put on your own clothes, and take care of your own business. So, uh, uh, so here's, here's the part where O'Reilly explained what white gr- grievance actually means.
2: Many white Americans believe that illegal immigration hurts their job prospects and are angered by changing neighborhoods and changing social patterns. Their refrain is often, I want my country back. These voters are tired of seeing welfare doled out to people who are not motivated to succeed or even American citizens. They are angry that terrorism is not being contained. They see the Republican Party as largely cowardly in the face of political correctness. The white grievance crew also believes they are being oppressed economically and that nobody is looking out for them. Enter Donald Trump, who vividly reflects that anger and has criticized his own party for being weak.
1: The whole party has been weak. We put, we put, uh, we gave the, the Republicans the, the, uh, the House. We gave them the Senate. Now we control two, two thirds of the, of the decision making power in Washington, D.C. And we haven't stopped one dumb thing that Obama tries to do. So, uh, <sighs> I'm in there. I'm in there. White grievance. Okay. I'm, I'm mad. I'm mad about that and a lot more stuff. Um, and I think, you know, at this point I'm a Trumpster, I'm a Trumpster. So, uh, so, uh, meanwhile, Tavis Smiley of PBS, who he's, he's a bundle of joy. Uh, he told Megan Kelly that black Americans are not seeing enough reasons to vote for Donald Trump or Cruz. Here's some of the conversation
3: not long ago, you suggested that you believe black Americans could get behind Donald Trump, which is a very different message from what we have heard from you recently. So why did you say that to begin with? I believed from the very beginning, as I've always believed, that black voters have to stop being taken for granted by one party and ignored by another party. And I said to Democrats, in a, in a year where conventional wisdom left the station before the train did, don't assume that black folk are going to be in lockstep. Well, what nothing, is the evidence is. That, that Trump has any sort of bias against African Americans? I'm not even so much. I could make the case that he has a bias against African-Americans in the way that he's campaigned, the things he's said. But let's put it another way. Why should anyone be elected president who runs a segregated campaign, whether it's Trump, Cruz or anybody else?
1: What kind of segregated campaign does he run?
3: If you can't campaign to all of America, if you're only campaigning to one slice of America, then how do we believe that you want to be president for all of America? Put another way, if Barack Obama had only campaigned in the ghetto, he wouldn't have been taken seriously as a candidate. you got to campaign to all of America, whether or not they agree with your message. We have to know that you care about all of us and that all of our votes matter to you. And where's the evidence that Donald Trump or Ted Cruz have said to the rest of America that your vote matters to me and I'm willing to compete for it? here's an agenda that includes you.
1: So because he he's uh campaigning in large areas and those may not include the ghettos or you know if he's in if he's in New York he was uh campaigning on Long Island uh this week I don't know where else in New York it is but if he's getting 10,000 people there's probably you know I guess he could appear at the Apollo in uh in Harlem um that might make make people feel better I don't know how many seats uh, the Apollo has um but it might m- might not make for uh, for a good place to be, if if uh, if there's protests and stuff going on, um, but there are other black voices who disagree with Smiley. One of them being 2012 Republican candidate Herman Cain, and uh, who I love. I love Herman Cain. I thought he was brilliant. His nine 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 plan, a bold solution, was great. I loved him. Um, I would have been happy to have him be our first black president. Um, but uh, uh, here's what here's what uh, Herman Cain said about Tavis Smiley.
0: When Tavis talks about Donald Trump being a racist, uh, running a segregated campaign, all of that is absolutely false. Unfortunately, Tavis has been drinking the Kool-Aid that's been served to the public about all of the negative perceptions. Everything that he touched on as to why he has concluded that those labels fit Donald Trump were based upon taking things out of context, mm-hmm. that's where he gets it from. And he not only listens and drinks the Kool Aid, but he's also sharing it with a lot of black people because he has a large black audience.
1: Yeah, and I wonder. I wonder. Uh, I wonder uh, when when we talk about how how uh, Trump campaigns, you know, in a segregated campaign. I wonder I think about Obama, you know, Obama's clearly not the president of everybody. He's Ob- he's the president of Muslims and the president of blacks because he doesn't care about anything going on with white people. He only engages in anything that has to do with protecting Muslims and protecting blacks. And uh and he needs to understand that white people elected him too. Not me, but a lot of white people so uh uh and that should have been the end of racial divide because when when a black when a black man uh inhabits the white house the 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 highest office in the world not not physically highest office but the highest office as far as you're the leader of the free world uh in the white house um there should be that should shatter the glass ceiling for anybody you know there should be no, no nothing any anybody can't can't achieve So uh, next, next, uh, uh, Cain said that Trump couldn't could even peel off some black votes from Hillary in the general election.
0: When it's down to one on one, let's assume for the moment. I know we're not there yet. That is Trump versus Clinton. What will happen is if Trump starts to put his. Platform and his ideas that helps everybody at the front of his speech, those are the sound bites that people will begin to hear. The reason that there's this so called divide between the perception of black people and women and non and minorities is because that's all they have been fed in terms of some of the spoon fed sound bites.
1: Yep, and I think, uh, I think once you get everybody off the stage, except for Trump, he's gonna start acting a whole lot different. He'll start. A lot, he'll start acting more uh, more presidential. And people people that know him say, away from the stage and all that stuff, he's a lot smarter guy. A lot. He's a smart, thoughtful, regular guy. And obviously, he's smarter. He wouldn't have accomplished anything. And what they what people do to grandstand out there? I don't know. You go see a rock and roll show. Do you think? Uh, uh Bruce Springsteen and all those guys are the same way you know running around with their guitar and and going crazy on their back playing their guitar swinging around the swinging on stage you think they do that at home hey that's just them no they're putting on a show okay i think i think trump's a, a bit of a showman okay it's all right i don't care i like the fact that he's he's created a, a lot of jobs he's accomplished a lot of things and he says the kind of things that i'm thinking whether i say him or not um, you know, it's like what uh, uh Jerry Maguire's uh his his uh mission statement was: the things we think but do not say. You know, maybe I should have had a clip from Jerry Maguire for that one. So on the Democrat side, Bernie Sanders continues to attack Hillary Clinton at the rallies. Last week, Hillary claimed Sanders was spreading lies about her. This week. And this week he lies about her. And this week he's flat out saying she isn't qualified to be president. She's not. I don't think that you are qualified if you get $15 million from Wall Street through your super
2: PAC. I don't think you are qualified if you have voted
1: for the disastrous war in Iraq. Well, you know what? I uh I agree that she's not qualified. I I still I still have my own opinions on the war in Iraq. I think it was just I think we should have been there. I know that disagrees with uh Trump and uh and uh, Bernie Sanders and a whole lot of people that think that Iraq was a mistake. I don't think it was a mistake. I think they had weapons of mass destruction and I don't think that uh uh if if they did or they didn't uh, George Bush on September 20th, 2012, in front of Congress and Senate, said, hey, this is this is going to be a war. We're going after the ter- terrorists and the governments that harbor them. And when we went into Afghanistan with shock and awe and bombed all the Taliban and all the uh, al-Qaeda guys there, and they started getting blown up, uh, Saddam Hussein said, come here, we'll patch you up. And he started taking them in. And then we went to Iraq. I don't think, uh, I think that was a good thing. Uh, had we not pulled out i think eventually maybe not in my lifetime but probably in my kids or my grandkids lifetime we could have seen a much more peaceful middle east but Barack insane obama decided that he had a better plan and we're just going to be nice to everybody and they're going to be nice to us which that hasn't worked out too good so far um so that's his so we he, we pulled everybody out and then isis came in and took all the all the stuff that we left out um while campaigning in New York, uh, New York uh, Hillary was asked to respond to uh, Bernie Sanders' um, comments, and here she is.
3: I didn't. I, I don't know why he's saying that, but I will take Bernie Sanders over Donald Trump or Ted Cruz anytime. So it's got it. Let's keep our eye on what's really at stake in this election. Um, we have Republicans whose values are so antithetical to what's right for New York or right for America.
1: You know what? Was well, she setting herself up for to lose? Does she starting to think? You know, uh, Bernie's won seven out of the last eight states. She's she's way ahead of the delegates. But do you think she's starting to wonder? Every state they go into, she just loses and loses and loses. I guess eventually she might still be closer to uh, to uh, the delegate target than than he is. But and Bernie Sanders is the last guy I want. Well, there's a we have a uh, a website as and I should probably put it up on my website, um, of what you, where you put in your, your income level, your income level. And, uh, do you put in your age? I think you just put in your income level and it shows you with, with, uh, Sanders, Clinton, Trump and Cruz with their tax plans, what you'll be doing based on your income level. And, uh, I put my income level as high. Um, I actually put a number in there. Um, but, it, according to that I'll be paying a uh, hundred and ninety four thousand dollars less with Cruz. I'll be paying a hundred and twenty eight thousand dollars less with Trump. Um, I'll be paying uh, twenty thousand dollars more with uh Hillary Clinton and I'll be paying a hundred and ninety almost two hundred thousand dollars more with uh with uh Sanders. Um more on top of everything I already I already pay. So um you know, the people that the kids that that represent represent, you know, that are saying, "Hey, we want Sanders, we want Sanders." You know what? Think about this. Do you really you, this is something to ask your kids? Do you really think the best thing for you in your life is to give you free stuff? Do you really think that's going to improve your life or I mean, it might it might improve your day. It might improve your week, but even even free college, do you think Everybody getting free college is going to help you it's going to help you for 4 years but for the rest of your life do you think that's really going to be a benefit or do you think maybe some lessons in in uh how to uh pay your own bills how to be responsible how to how to exist how to exist away from mommy how to exist away from uh, mommy doing your laundry and the government giving your food and uh and paying your rent You know, at some point, at some point, maybe the country goes down and we just become uh, 50 separate uh, countries or or uh, or maybe we become the Wild West and you have to you have to start uh, fending for yourself. Do you think learning to the government giving you stuff and trying to make them dependent on you so that, you know, hey, if you're dependent on the on the on the government, you'll vote for anything. They'll go along with anything they they tell you as long as you keep giving them stuff. Do you think that's really better for you long term? Think about that and say it out loud to your kids. Trust me. Say it out loud to your kids. Talk about it. Don't. Uh, well, we just don't like to talk religion or politics. It's time, folks. You know why there's no you know why this country going down? Because nobody wants to talk religion because we don't. They don't like to have religion in their life. It's just getting out of our lives let's take away under god out of our uh, out of our pledge of allegiance let's take the pledge of allegiance out of schools something's wrong folks and let's say let's start it with us parents are we teaching our kids so they think right the difference between rich people and poor people is the way they think the difference between great americans and and idiots is the way they think Let's talk about Bill Clinton this, this week. Bill Clinton uh, took on Black Lives Matters protesters at a rally in Philadelphia Thursday saying, you're defending the people who killed the, kill, killed the lives you say matter. Let's play that clip.
2: I talked to a lot of African-American groups. They thought Black Lives Matter. They said, take this bill because our kids are being shot in the street by gangs. We have 13-year-old kids planning their own funerals. She do not want to hear any of that. You know what else you don't want to hear? Because of that bill, we had a 25-year low in crime, a 33-year low in the murder rate, year low rate, murder rate. And listen to this: because of that and the background check law, we had a 46-year low in the deaths of people by gun violence. And who you think those lives were? That mattered. Whose lives were saved? That mattered.
1: These guys were. These guys were uh, protesting. Uh, protesting uh, that, hey, this is the, the the crime bill that they passed in 94 was bad for black people because it, it, start, it fixed crime. Crime went down because people were getting punished, but more black people were ending up in jail. How come? Because they committed crimes. If you get the people that commit crimes in jail, then the people that are victims of crimes are out. The protesters interrupted his speech on behalf of his wife, Hillary Clinton, who was seeking the Democratic uh, nomination. Some were positioned to close the stage, holding signs uh, holding signs Clinton crime bill destroyed our communities and Hillary is a murderer. The protests stemmed Bill Clinton's support as president of anti-tough crime measures including the Violent Crime Control Law Enforcement Act of 94, which many on the left say now caused mass uh, incarceration rates among the blacks. One more, one more clip.
2: I don't know how you would characterize
1: Watch out, folks! Bill Clinton is starting to talk the truth. He could be turning into a to a uh, Republican. It's hard to say. Watch, listen, think, talk to your kids. Let's see what happens this next week. Thanks for listening to the main event. My name's Ed Hoffman, and I will be back again with you next week.